Welcome to the Alternative Property Management Podcast, brought to you by Renty and the PMC. A conversation between passionate property management specialists and guests leading up to the PMC conference on the 14th and 15th of November. Hosted by David Faulkner, Harrison Vaughn, and Will Alexander, and powered by Renty, who just want to make renting enjoyable. Kia ora. Welcome to the Alternative Property Management Show. We've had a delay of one week, which is entirely my fault because I have had to move house, and uh, which has been really, really demanding. So Harrison is back. Harrison Vaughan, director of Tommy's, is it's back. Good to be back. He's back from the... Where were you? Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast? Where were you? Yes, sunning it up in the old uh, Sunshine Coast in the Mankini and then a bit of business down in Melbourne. No, it was a really good good getaway for two weeks. So what was the business in Melbourne? Is, is Tommy's expanding into Australia? Oh, no, 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 I wish. No, nah, there's always always good prop tech and good technology to see out there. So I'm always exploring, always reaching out through LinkedIn when I'm in an area to see who I can catch up with. So, um, no, it's great just to meet up with people when you're abroad, you know? Yeah. But now, no, back in Wellington, back to work, hit the ground running today with quite a bit to do. So, no, action packed so far. Okay, and Will, Will Alexander, Director of Renty. Um, you're looking, where are you, Will? Are you in Havelock North or you're up in Auckland? Where about are you at the moment, mate? Um, I'm in Havelock North. I uh, am very sore and tired. I had an ultra marathon on uh, Saturday, uh, managed to pull, pull out a seventh, but... Uh, very sore and so uh, just a quiet day at home working and setting up my week but um, not as hard as yours though I'd pr- rather do an ultramarathon well let's let's, um, well, let's, let's, let's before we get into that what is an ultramarathon I mean a marathon's 42k um, yeah I mean I've done two half marathons in my, in, in my, and I'm doing the Esplanade Oh, Ashurst to the Esplanade run, which Property Brokers are sponsoring. I'm doing that's 12K, so I'm getting geared up for that. What's an ultramarathon? Pretty much anything more than 42. Um, um, and this is 55, there's a 74 and 100. And uh, I've got the Kepler Challenge in December, which is 60, Alpine Marathon. Which So this one was training for that, but... Um, so, so it was four, four and a half hours, full noise, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's, um, it's it's so good for the head because you go through long. Like, I mean, I had a bad patch of an hour, hour and a half. I mean, you know, people have uh, it's it's uh, you can really do your head in on these long ones. So, so so let me get this right. Um, you, you you I mean, so you did a was it hundred kilometers you did? Uh, fifty-five. Fifty-five. 55 and, and what was i mean what was it like like ultra marathon is it going up mountains is it what what are you doing yeah, it was too, yeah very very hilly um technical terrain off-road um so we're moving we're going pretty good um the guy that i was running with most of the way just come back from the ironman world champs in um kona in hawaii and Jeez. He's going like a cut cat, so I was um, holding on for dear life. But um, yeah, it was good. Well, well, I'll tell you, you know, I've had a yeah. You, you, you talk about me having a tough weekend. I mean, because we moved from Wellington, we finally got out of the house. Uh, I have to say, Tommy's and um, have found us a property. 
uh, Farmers a tenant. Uh, we couldn't sell it, so we ended up renting it. I say I didn't know I was working in Palmerston. Yeah, no, 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 no. And uh, honestly, mm-hmm. God, moving house and getting everything out. I mean, my garage at the moment, it looks like a bloody port in Beijing, the amount of frigging boxes and containers in there. It's just, you're thinking, well, how do you accumulate all this crap over the, the amount of time? But it's an indication of what's happened with the market. I mean, we... Not one bite. Um, I think we had it marketed for about seven, eight weeks. Nothing. Nothing. And in the end, we just thought, let's just get a tenant. And within a week, I mean, my daughter, funny enough, Ella, she did, uh, we had three applications. Um, uh, and, you know, there we go. We got it rented. So at least we can it move It take too long, eh, Dave? What, just over a week? A week. Was a it week. two weeks, maybe? It, it, was, it, yeah. it, was, it was a week. It was about 10 days. You know, and, and, and from when and we just got the notice, like they want to move in on the Monday and this is on Wednesday. And I'm going, bloody hell, how are we going to do this? Anyway, my wife, amazing. Had a removalist all organised, boxed up everything. I'm away uh, doing regional training with property brokers. I think she probably nearly divorced me about four or five times. And uh, But we got there. We're here. And, uh, yeah. That, 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 I that, you, um, mark, mark this moment. In five to ten years' time, you, I bet you will ask you the same question. You'll go, you know what? Thank God I didn't sell the house well, then because it's now worth $3 million, not yeah. $2 million. And far out, I can't believe it. It's just a stroke of luck. Yeah. I bet you we're going to have that conversation. Well, well, I hope we do have that conversation, Will. And I'll be a very, very happy man if we do have that conversation. Uh, and I do I honestly think that... I mean, the world is, is a pretty insecure place at the moment. Um, but, but, you know, Europe will eventually sort itself out. Um, the world keeps turning. We move on. Um, you know, New Zealand's in a, a... I mean, I don't know what you think of the current government, but where you look at where we are in the world and, and the things that we've got going for us, and we've got an awful lot going for us. We've got space, we've got room. Uh, interesting to see, and it's very good being at property brokers with the discussion around what's happening with the rural sector, and particularly these emission trades or, or this 25% cut and the impact that that has. And, and I had a chat with Conrad Wilkshire, our, our rural manager, you'll know him well uh, from your time here, and, and I actually said to him, mate, this sounds like what Margaret Thatcher did to the miners back in the 1980s. Uh, mm. in the UK and, and the similarities around that. But he's, he's saying that a lot of the top rural, you know, the farmers are, are, are geared up for it anyway. Um, it, it's just the language of the government has, has kind of painted the farmers into being the bad guys and, and they're not. Well, 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 they're not. I mean, you look at what's happening in um, the Netherlands and what they're doing to the farmers over there and, and saying that they're a source of you know, um, all the bad stuff, but you look how much they've actually reduced their emissions and carbon footprint and use of, um, you know, whatever they're trying to ban, the, the, the toxic materials, it's it's reduced by like 40% yeah. in the last 20 years. The, the Dutch farmers are the most efficient farmers in the world, and so is New Zealand for that matter. We're running at such a good level in that sector and, you know, they're looking in the wrong areas. Yeah. Absolutely looking in the wrong areas. Yeah. Well, as much as we want to do a podcast on farming, and one day we may branch out into the FMC, the Farming Management Conference, 
Um, we're, we're here to talk about property management and, and the PMC, it's now less than a month away. And the big news is that we've had is that Dr. Megan Woods has confirmed. The challenge we've got though, uh, and this is for the political debate where we've got Chris Bishop, we've got Chloe Swarbrick, we've got Brooke Van Velden. So we've got the four main political parties. We haven't heard back from Tapati Mari. We have invited them as well. But Megan can only do the morning. So now we've got to try and get all the politicians. So the Brooke has, com has, has confirmed, Chloe's confirmed. We're just waiting to hear from that Chris Bishop can attend. But I'm sure he will if Megan Woods is there and the media is there as well. Um, other ones I'm looking forward to, I'm really looking forward to Brad Olson, uh, top economist from Infometrics. He's actually come, going to come and join us for a beer on the Sunday night, Harrison. So looking forward to, to, to hearing from him. Uh, Joel Davis from Image Property Management in Australia to get the Australian perspective. We hear great things about what he's doing. I think he's based over in Queensland. And there's so much more. I mean, we had Catherine Goodwin interviewed on our podcast while Harrison... Uh, wasn't here, and you've got to say, Will, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed having Catherine on the podcast, much better than Addison. What do you reckon, mate? I admire Catherine hugely. She's uh, articulate, she's strong, she knows what she's doing. Um, but, you know, I did miss Harrison. You just, you just, um, you just basically, what, what you said about Catherine is everything Harrison's not. So, uh, articulate, strong. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, it makes us look good, right? Because um, people like Catherine makes us look bad. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy just to keep it all at a, a pretty consistent level. Anyway, so what we're going to talk about today is the uh, regulation of the property management industry. We've got Jen Bird, the CEO of the Real Estate Institute, is also going to be at the conference taking part in the, the political debates. He's going to give us a, a Real Estate Institute update. We've got to have Joe Ray, who's doing the uh, property management panel again. Um, head of property management from the Real Estate Institute. So regulation will be a big topic um, about the conference. And Will, before we get into our topic today, just remember what we talked about on our last podcast around the Privacy uh, Commission report. So after our uh, podcast, I thought, bugger it, I'm going to write to them and invite them to come along and speak and give them, we'll make time for them. And John Duffy, the CEO of Consumer New Zealand, got back to me and they've confirmed they're going to come along and speak. Um, so they're going to attend, which is which is great, and uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of property managers and yourself. Will I, I would imagine yeah. may have a few questions that you'll want to ask of them. Oh, it's awesome! It's awesome. It just creates a really good conversation, yeah. and um, you know, it just open, all the questions that we asked, um, we can ask directly at the time. And I, full credit to them for responding, and full credit for them for fronting that and um, um, and joining the PMC conference. I I think that's fantastic. Yeah, and the great thing is that as well. Well, you said it. It's about a conversation, isn't it? It isn't about you know getting a pulverized opinion about who's right and who's wrong. It's like you know, let's talk about. Um, what what we can do better because I'm sure they'll have valid points that we can do better. And um, I mean, Harrison, did you see? I don't know if you got a chance to see it while you're in Australia. The privacy um, or Consumer New Zealand's report on on the privacy guidelines. Did you get a chance to see that while you were sunning yourself in your mankini? No, no. Unfortunately, I was just too busy taking in the rays of sunlight to to sort of dabble into that sort of stuff. All right. Well, there you go. You'll get to. You'll, you've got to read the report, mate. It's it's very very interesting. It actually, shines renty in a good light, doesn't it, Will? Yes, it does. Well, that's but, good. Um, does yeah, renty get a name drop? 
Oh, Renzi? No, no, no. They, they put us in there. But, I mean, uh, without sounding arrogant, um, we absolutely toted the line. So I'm not surprised. I'd be very, very surprised if they uh, said anything negative about what we did in the privacy space. Yeah. yeah. Well, Renty would be leaving, leading the privacy space, I'd imagine, around old tenancy applications and all of that stuff. I believe so. And we're proud of that as well. I mean, it's, um, yeah, it is what it is. All right, so regulation. I mean, you know, we, we, we're all in favour of it. We all support it. We all want to see it. Um, the question is, what's it going to look like? And um, Ooh, you know, Very so, good question. So, so, and the time frame as well. I mean, how long is it going to take? And will we have, and suppose we're having all these politicians in our political debate, and it's got to be brought up. I mean, uh, is every party going to support regulation? We could have a change of government next year. Uh, and let's say you get a National Act Party get into power, which is a... You're looking mm. at the polls at the moment. You know, if you've got a bet, you probably say that that's the probability, though things can change. They may take a completely different view. Um, I mean, what do you reckon? I'll come to you first, Harrison. Do you reckon that regulation is a fait accompli? Is it going to actually, uh, it's definitely going to happen? Or do you think there's a possibility that it could, it may not happen? I, I think I think regulation of property managers, like the professional industry, will definitely happen. I think it will take probably a couple of years. I don't think we'd be, I think we'd be lucky to see something before the end of 2025. Um, knowing that the rate things take to, you know, change and progress here in New Zealand. Um, the bit that I'm not so sure about, and I reckon this is where parties like National and Act might try and get, you know, some voters, is around the whole regulation of private landlords. Um, I think there might be parties might use that to their advantage to try and maybe swing some voters, um, especially if it's going to make it much tougher or much harder to be a private landlord versus giving it to their property manager. I think most voters around the whole voting thing wouldn't really care um, whether property managers were regulated or not. But the industry definitely needs regulation just to get us all sort of funneling into the same sort of systems, using the same processes and just making the industry stronger and better valued because at the moment it's it's um bit of a cowboys game out there okay so what do you reckon there will i mean do, do you think it's this is definitely going to happen or do i mean i could personally act as a party which is anti-regulation and is more about letting the free market decide um <clears throat> do you think there's a possibility that act could uh potentially um i don't know you know uh sabotage the the, the whole regulation yeah, quite possibly. It's uh, interesting. Um, our national released um, has released recently in the last week a plan to reverse many labour policies, um, and in uh, a lot of that um, I agreed on. One of them was the interest deductibility yeah. um, on investment properties, which I don't know if you guys saw that article. I uh, I sort of was nodding as I read through all the different things that they were going to reverse. Um, three waters, all that sort of stuff. Let's not go down that path. Um, but no sooner had that article came out, um, David Seymour came out and said and criticised uh, National's plan uh, to reverse labour policy. So um, just as you've just said, David, um, uh, if we have a coalition government, which the likelihood is that's going to be the case, um, who knows? Um, you know, some of these, I, I think there are some policies um, like the, the interest deductibility, um, some of the other ones were a little bit more contentious, um, uh, I think are obvious, 
changes, but the ones on the fringes, such as the regulation of property management, who knows? Um, I think, uh, um, I mean, hopefully they do, but um, it's a good question to ask because, uh, yeah, um, it's exactly what's playing out at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose if, if the governments have got, I mean, this is the thing now, we're, we're on the countdown to the election with ele next year being election year. Um, you'd think that for this, if they've got a draft proposal or, or a draft legislation written as to what it will look like, then I think it may be harder for the likes of National or Act um, to scrap it. But if you get to about, say, this time next year or like a couple of months out from the election and, and, and nothing's been produced, a national get in. I mean, it may just it may just disappear altogether, uh, and and the the government has a completely different agenda. And I, you know, there's bigger things. We have to be honest here. There's bigger things than regulation of the property management sector, um, which have got to be on any new government's agenda. Things like reversal of three waters, um, co-governance. Um, all that type of stuff, the you know the taxation and, and getting our trade going, uh, all of that will be at the forefront. And property management, I'd have to say, will be a little bit further down the list. But let's say it is going to happen. Let's say that it's going to happen. What is it going to to look like? Who will be the regulator? We've seen talk of it being either tenancy tribunal or the REA as uh, the Real Estate Agents Authority acting as the regulator. Mm. Who should it be, Will? Interesting question. Um, I believe it should be the REA. And um, my reasoning for that is um, since the Real Estate Act 2008 came out and we went through all that rigmarole, um, they were the governing body put in place. Um, it's now uh, 14 years since that. Um, they've had time to iron out the kinks. They've got the infrastructure in place. They've got the team in place, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, it makes sense to me. Um, it makes sense that it would slot in there. And, and before the session tonight, I've been on the rea.govt.nz site and looking at the compliance statistics and licensing statistics and that kind of says it all to me, because if you look at the trends of, say, for example, tribunal activity dating back to 2010, it spikes very, very quickly. Uh, when it came out in 2010, obviously, it received rural assent a couple of years after 2008, spiked in 2013. And since 2013, the cases um, have diminished or gradually declined year upon year to the current year 2022 what says to me that they've been effective um that the the standard of the industry the standard of negligence or or you know all the bad behavior has reduced um the number of cases that are getting into the tribunal have reduced obviously because you know not taking the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff approach and they've done a lot of um, verifiable non-verifiable training everyone has to do it so that to me um uh, makes sense i mean they've got the infrastructure there's clear data and statistics to show that they've been effective um so why would you not i mean it's interesting will because i mean addison wouldn't have been in the industry at the time in fact addison was probably still squeezing zits at school 
uh, in 2008 when we had, uh, but we remember it uh, when with Clayton Cosgrove, who took the axe, he was the Labour guy at the time, and took the axe to the Real Estate Institute, really, because they were the regulator, and that was the criticism that it was, you know, it was a boys' club and look after our own. Uh, and and so complaints went to the Real Estate Institute and the Real Estate Institute would say, well, the members of ours will look after them. That was the accusation that Clayton Cosgrove had. And he was very, very unpopular at the time. Will you remember this? Um, but let's be honest. I mean, he's probably done the industry a favour and he's cleaned it up um, a lot. I think, I think he is. I think he is. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's pretty obvious if you guys go online and have a look at it and you see the licensing statistics as well. So it's... It's not as though cases cases have diminished because the amount of people operating within the industry have diminished. Uh, absolutely the opposite. The licensing applications have been steady, if not increasing. So more people are enter, entering into the industry at the same time as all the complaints and um, that kind of stuff has diminished. So, yeah, um, I, I mean, based on what I've read and, and done some research before today, I think... Um, I think they've done a good job. That's interesting stuff. Addison, let's turn to you now. I mean, does it go far enough? Should it extend private landlords as well as as property managers and property management companies? And should it, you know, should it go after property management companies um, rather than individuals? Because many, unlike real estate, many people who work in the sector are employees, were in real estate, the contractors. Yep. So, so, I mean, what would you change about it? Yeah, I, I mean, I think for it to be effective and for it to, at the end of the day, what is the purpose of this? It is to improve the experience of the end user, which in this case is the tenant. Now, we have an issue here in New Zealand where, well, it's not necessarily an issue, depending on how you look at it, but majority of the properties available on the market are managed by private landlords. So if you're bringing out regulation and everything that is only targeting the professional body, at the end of the day, only a very small percentage of tenants will actually see an uplift in performance and an uplift in the quality of service and property and everything that they're experiencing. The majority of tenants are still going to be dealing with private landlords that in this day and age, they're usually a private landlord because they're circumnavigating something. Property managers have so much to value these days um, that, you know, these these small-time private landlords are usually cutting costs by doing it themselves and therefore are more likely to be, you know, covering up other aspects of things. So I think to make it a real impact, you've got, you've got to cover the whole landlord um, industry with the same brush, whether that's professional or private. Where I think we do need a bit of a difference, though, is I think just like you know, technically you can sell your house privately, mm -hmm. but you're still bound by some rules or you can go through a, a real estate agent. So I still think there needs to be that, there still needs to be the option of choice for a landlord, um, but the property managers need to do something on top of the landlord training, so, so whether I, that be the level four qualification yeah. or something or so, a membership to REA with verifiable training or, or something that means that they're a professional. I'll, I'll put it out there, though. I mean, if, if I'm a private landlord and I want to do it myself, isn't that what the, the tenancy tribunal is there for? Because the dispute is going to be between the tenants and the private landlord. I mean, you could have a landlord who's using a property management company 
have a dispute with the property manager. It could be for stuff like money's gone <laughs> missing or they've spent money without my authority. Um, do we need to regulate private property managers and, and, and shouldn't we just have better yeah, education yeah. on You on should tenants? be able to take them to the REA just like you can, a, a one-man band real estate agent. At the end of the day, it's those property managers that bring down the entire industry and they're the ones that you see, um, you know, on a news article, you know, doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a great point. And um, I see this as it is done in stages. I mean, stage one would be to target the professionals and stage two would be maybe all landlords or something. But I guess look look to Australia um, where it's the, the carbon copy of what it is in New Zealand, um, where it's, you know, most of it's professional. Um, has it fixed the problem there? Um, is the standard better in Australia? Do they have less complaints? I don't know the answer to those questions. I don't know the tribunal statistics, but that's the sort of stuff I'd be looking at. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with, with tenancy tribe. This is the thing, though, and Will, I'll, I'll go back to the, the privacy, uh, the consumer report, and I put to them in my, when I asked them to come to the PMC, and I said, do you have plans to target private landlords rather than just go after property management companies or, or mystery shop property management companies? And they said to me, they admitted, no, we've got no plans to go after uh -huh. the, 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 the private landlords. Uh, and that, to me, is where your problems, that's where most of your problems are going to arise because if you've got a regulated industry and you've got compulsory professional development, you may need to have your level four or whatever it may be. Mm. And, and the risk of losing your license if you don't follow those rules, you know, the whole point let me, of, let, yeah. me pose, let me pose a question to you guys. If I'm a prospective tenant or you're a prospective tenant and you have a choice of renting a property through someone that is regulated, is accountable, um, has to do the job well, um, you know, I'm moving my wife and two kids into this property, or would you choose to go down the route of no regulation, no licensing, little accountability? Yes, there's the tribunal, but at the end of the day, that's no one wants to go there. What would you choose? Is this not going to be driven by the consumer, which is the tenant? Go on, Addison, you can answer that one first. What do you reckon? Well, it's like, I was just thinking, it's like a comparison. It's like going and buying a used car from a car dealer versus jumping on Trade Me and, you know, going and buying a used car off some random bloke you've never met before. You know, you've just got that reassurance that you've you've got these extra safety nets in the background that can help you if things do go wrong. Um, and, you know, when you are dealing with a professional body, you know, they're quite often worried about things like their reputation when it's a business or a big brand name, especially national brands. Um, so they would be wanting to do everything to, to make sure that person is leaving satisfied so that at the end of the day, it's not impacting their brand negatively. Yeah, I, I would concur on what Addison has, has just said. And I think he's, he's absolutely nailed that. And I don't think it needs any further comment from me. Um, I, let's talk about disputes now. Because if I've got a dispute with a, let's say I'm a landlord and I'm really not happy about, you know, let's say um, Tommy's have put in the mongrel mob into my house, and um, which is every possibility, I don't know. And, and it's all turned to custard. And I want to go and complain. Now, what in the proposal it's saying that I can either complain to the REA or I can go direct to Tennessee Tribunal. 
Let's look at Tenancy Tribunal. Will we really want that amount of um, responsibility placed on them? I don't think so. I think the the sinking yeah. already. Yeah. Um, and 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 that and that's the gap at the moment. So what you just described that ends up in the small claims court, yeah. and you know when an owner has a dispute with the agency, and that is a very different process to go through, um, and um, time consuming, uh, all that sort of stuff. I don't think that's the answer. I think the licensing component of that and going to the REA and putting an agent up in front of that. That's the answer to yeah. me. Yeah. Addison, what do you reckon? Yeah, we need, we need stuff done swiftly. You know, you book something into the tribunal, you're lucky to get the hearing in two months. So if you're going to add all this extra workload, yeah. I think you're going to start pushing things out to beyond realistic waiting times, you know. So people can't be waiting three, four months to find out something, especially when it involves housing. So, you know, I think give it to a dedicated body to deal with. They'll be more efficient. They'll be quicker. Those people will be trained to look at, you know, what's right and what's wrong. So I think going the REA route is definitely the, the best way. Okay. Okay. I mean, this is this is my take on it. And, and again, agree with both what you say, which sounds a little bit boring, I suppose. But the other thing I will say is we may get cross... If you go to Tennessee Tribunal uh, for them to deal with these disputes, sometimes you, they, there could be another parties involved, like a sales agent. You could get a case where incorrect notice was given to a tenant on the sale of a purchase of a house. It's easier for the for the REA to listen to potentially listen to the disputes which may involve a real estate agent and the property manager rather than going to two separate parties and may have two completely different views. So let's talk about now about you know what is a professional property manager? What should it look like? Um, real estate institutes they've they've made noises around this of being that the fact that. Uh, you you need to do a um, is it a ten or a fifteen hour introductory course into property management? Um, there's also the level four to take into consideration. Um, what should a qualified what should a regulated property manager look like? Uh, Harrison, let's come to you first on this one. Um. I mean, that's a really good question. I think there definitely needs to be some, like you say, some sort of level four or some sort of qualification, you know, a certificate that actually states, I have achieved, I know all of this knowledge, um, especially like the stuff, the stuff that it involves now is fantastic around things such as building types. Um, you know, you've obviously got all your standard Residential Tenancies Act stuff all in there as well. Um, and it's even got a bit of, you know, Privacy Commission and Communications Act stuff. You know, there's lots of different parts of law that come in to your day-to-day -day job as a property manager. So, you know, you need some sort of qualification or some sort of study path that's going to cover all these different acts, just like you do when you're a real estate agent. You know, I think it's it's quite bizarre that they expect a property manager just to just to read the Residential Tenancies Act and get on with it. I mean, Will, can, can I just remember we had Catherine on our probably our top performing show so far because we had Catherine Goodwin on it. Um, you know, she she made the comments about. That she's worked in the industry for a long time, and there should be the thing what's called a grandfather clause if you've been in the. And I'll, for example, I mean, Catherine's a lawyer, and she'll have the branch managers for real estate, but she won't have the level four. You know, surely there's you'd think that she wouldn't have to do it, would she? Or would she have to do it? What do you think? 
Yeah, well, um, I mean, it's a great example. There'll be, you know, a wide range of skill. I mean, she would be at one end of the scale for sure, um, where that would be obvious that she should be just, you know, naturally given it. I don't, I don't know what the, what the, the, I guess the threshold would be for what is um, considered to be. I mean, you can have people uh, with a lot of experience that still um, actively. Um, contract outside of the act on purpose. I think yeah. um, so. It, it's it's intent. It always comes down to intent. But um, I, I think the interesting. I mean, look, you cannot get yourself up to speed at the moment um, on a six month. It, it, there's too much. There's the Privacy Act. There's the RTA. Yeah. Like in sales, you know, the, to get your sales license, it's far harder than now than what it used to be. But um, you learn on the job. And and how does this fit? into like you have to have a licensed branch manager on site so how does this fit in with that um and that the you know if i'm a sales agent then there are um processes in place that need to be followed and managed and watched by the person that holds the license for that site um so how does this fit in with that and we, we all know sitting here today, and most of the listeners will know, there is no course that can get someone up to speed on property no. management within a suitable amount of time without going into years. So you're going to learn on the job. So how does that fit in with what's in place for sales? I think the two are the same thing. I, and I, I, I really like the idea of a branch manager being far more engaged mm. and being accountable to hold this new person uh, to you know, to make sure that they're following the rules. So, I, I would say that um, for new people, it would have to be a combination of um, uh, experience, uh, actually experiencing the role plus study, um, and people coming from the industry already. There might be a, a, a period of you know making sure that they're doing everything um, as as they should be. Yeah. Um, Something like that. I mean, like I say, like I said initially, all the infrastructure is in place, the process is in place. Um, it's just how do we weave this into that um, without having to employ an army and, and, and bumping up everyone's uh, tax rates. What about what about fines? I mean, you know, because they're talking about fines for an individual not exceeding forty thousand dollars, and for a company not exceeding well, hundred thousand dollars. Is it? I mean, property management yeah, well, isn't I mean, isn't the best paid industry, particularly in the in the provinces. I mean, is the fear of could we could we end up sending people away if they're thinking, "Geez, I could make a mistake and face forty thousand dollar fine." Is a is easy answer. I mean, the difference is uh, property managers are employees and, and sales agents are contractors, so that's the difference. You can't pass on a fine to a property manager or an employee. You can go through a disciplinary process, and uh, that might result in termination, but. You can't pass it on, so uh, that's the difference. Yeah, is there a risk that the cost of this is just going to be paid for by the tenant? Because ultimately, what happens is, I mean, look, are we <clears throat> running property management and and the top companies? You, you, you're probably already running it in a professional way, which I mean, if we if we got regulated tomorrow, it wouldn't make a just a difference uh, to us, probably to you as well, Addison. Um, <clears throat> but to to a number of companies, it will. And it's added cost, and then they have to put the fees up, and then the landlord's going to go, well, we've got to put the rents up even further. So, is there a risk that there's too much cost here? Or, um, yeah, I don't know. 
I mean, I think there's always there's always a balance of cost with regulation, isn't there? Whenever you regulate something, can make it a bit a bit tough or a bit easier. I mean, sorry, a bit more difficult to get involved with. Um, the cost is always going to go up, and I think I think for you know in property management and property investing specifically, the easy answer is just to chuck it on the rent. Yeah. You know, because it's the easy way to take up the cost, and I think I think initially that would be everyone's gut wrench reaction. I think it's going to take quite a while. Like once it's regulated, it could take six to 12 months till companies adjust their fees and figure out exactly what the true cost of regulation is. Um, but, you yeah, know, I mean, it will definitely get passed on to the tenant to begin with. But, you know, in 10, 20 years after the regulation, it will all be forgotten. Yep. Well, yeah, look, uh, uh, I, I, too, I find it very hard to speculate in terms of where the cost will land. Yeah, but yeah. all I know is that the um, cost of putting this in place um, is justified and the benefit will far outweigh the cost. I think at the end of the day, a tenant as a consumer will wind up with a much more professional and fair experience. And if that costs another couple of bucks per week or whatever it is, then um, that to me sounds like a pretty good result. I mean, I mean well, in my opinion, it's it, it's it goes beyond that. It's about improving the quality of the properties that they're renting, which what a regulated yeah. industry would do. It would make us yeah. get our properties uh, compliant, <laughs> warm, dry, and safe. And 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 I totally concur. So so this is say I'm a property manager. I've rented out two properties in the past that were not compliant with healthy homes beyond 2024 July. I'm on my Third warning, strike three, you're out. Do you think I'm going to go and do another one? No, of course not. Exactly. And and, and that's coming back to what you just said about the standard. Yeah. Uh, that's this that level of accountability and um, being losing your license and not being able to walk down the road and go to another operator, another property management yeah. agency, and be a property manager again. That's the difference, yeah. and that's going to make massive, massive change to everyone. And it's the missing yeah. link, isn't it, between all your legislation around healthy homes, compliance, and, and then having compliant operators who work in the space. Anyway, we'll have to wind it up there. We've gone a little bit over time. Um, look, you know, make sure that you get your tickets for the PMC 2022. Uh, last checked, we had just over 150, so there's not many left, and we've got a month to go. Uh, I still think you got time. I, I don't know if the awards are still going. I, I'm not sure if they are or not. I can't remember. Yeah, no, they are. They are. They're going. Entries close uh, the 24th. This is it next Monday. Yeah, so that's Labour uh, Day, isn't it? So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, well, you get yourself to bed. You look knackered after doing an ultra marathon, and uh, can't, I mean, you know, people say like, he's, he's mad, isn't he? he? Goes, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. This is a training run for uh, the Kepler track. I'm thinking, how is an ultra marathon a training run? Yeah, it's just absolute mad. Um, but there you are. He is Robo Pro. He is Robo Property Management, and uh, he's he hasn't got a pulse. He's got wires. Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll um, we'll. Talk again next week, and thanks for everyone for listening to the Alternative Property Management Show, proudly brought to you by the PMC and by Renty. Makes simplifies the process for property management and for renting in general. Good on you guys. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, thanks Dave. Guys. Cheers. See you later. Bye. See ya. Thank you for tuning in to the Alternative Property Management Podcast, powered by Renty and the PMC.